0: Hi, this is Adrian Sandoval, designer for The Little Nemo and the Nightmare Fiends, and you're listening to the Developer Brainstorming Podcast. Each week, we're taking some time out of our development meeting to publicly brainstorm features and mechanics we're working on for the game, and to give you all a sneak peek into our process. If you like this podcast, please let us know in the comments, and we'll continue to produce more. And be sure to let us know about topics you'd like to see covered, or other suggestions for the podcast in the comments, or on our backer-exclusive Discord server. And as always... Thank you so much for your support for the game, either through pledging or sharing the project with your friends, family, or other networks. Now on with the show. Hello. That is amazing. You just made it in as I started recording.
1: Oh, (laughs) hi.
2: Hi, everybody. Adrian and I were just talking about cutscenes in the game, and he had a very nice flowchart for... Like how interactivity with the cutscenes would work. It's pretty simple. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty normal stuff. But uh, where we were playing around with it was um, we were trying to think about... I, I was saying that we should think about <clears throat> how to art direct these as well.
1: Right. Because
2: I think what I, what I... I use the term... Um, anime tropes and Adrian had the very good point that you know some of these are not even uh, anime derived uh, anymore they're just like how things are and that's very true Um, and I was like wait a minute this is where you get into kind of like the back and forth of art history related to projects like this because you have this like I I said cultural ping pong where like something from one culture will be subsumed by another culture but that that thing that's subsumed by the other culture morphs into a form that's subsu- that inspires the first culture and it kind of goes back and forth and that's mm-hmm. what we're starting to see um I think with with you know cutscenes in games is <clears throat> you go all the way back and it's part of this tradition that like Windsor McKay actually happens to be a part of. So uh we were talking a lot about cutscenes in so the basic idea <clears throat> is that our assumption is that well, I say assumption like this was easy, but we had a whole other discussion about it. Character comes in, cutscene starts, um Character portraits appear on the top of the screen with word balloons. Uh, word balloons are like stylized to be kind of like comic or text boxes, kind of stylized to be like a comic word balloon with Windsor McKay, which actually works out because he had his word balloons were not very round; they they were kind of squarish, um, square slash. Oh crap! I forgot to leave space for these ish. Um, maybe that's unfair, but like. Uh, enough space to fit the text in, I guess. Uh the word balloon placement always seemed fine. But, you know, we can stylize them to even have like the little tail and all that other stuff. And then we were talking about like, okay, character portrait. Maybe this is where we push a little bit more of the aged effect, um, to get that newspaper idea out. Really the goal I think should be this is where we can use a little bit of comic strip language. Um you know, to, to really, like, connect that with the old thing. What I was talking about, though, is, like, there's there's things that you see in games like Shantae, like, like others, where they'll, you know, if Shantae's feeling exasperated, there might be a little, like, sweat drop come down her face or, like, a little swirly th- effect or something like that. And I was mm. saying, like, I want to avoid that. I want if we were to do things like that I would want to do it in the iconography of old comics because that is that is using a visual language that is very modern and is very set up and we're dealing with a work that was coming at a period where the visual language of of comics was not set up um such that even like you can kind of point to, well, that person used motion lines first, and that person used sweat first. Like, you know, the way Winsor McKay shows a character sweating or crying is very different from what you would do today. Mm. It's almost like cartoonishly um, over-exaggerated in in different ways. So um, that's one of the things we talked about. And then the other thing we talked about was, and again, this gets into like, <clears throat> now we're starting to actually trace a history of, you know, I made the point that I, I was calling it an anime. Adrian said, well, it's not really anime anymore. It's been kind of subsumed by, and this is totally true, like, okay. American artists and animators. Because if you do watch, like, certain cartoons, they are also working in a faux anime language, um, even if they're produced, you know... Wait.
1: You're talking like Teen Titans Go or something like that.
2: Yeah, exactly. But but that's where you get into the interesting part. Because, like, you know, there was Japanese Yuki e prints. And then Art Nouveau artists looked at that and said, hey, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And they started doing similar stuff. And it morphed into the Art Nouveau, which then, like, McKay had traces of. And that spun off and... You know inspired manga and and all this other stuff so i thought that was just a really interesting connection um actually back to (laughs) between video game cutscene portraits and manga and and the actual art that we're
0: riffing off Mm -hmm. right because again it's like the idea of having overlay effects to um sell the emotion of the dialogue scene definitely again um is a trope of of Japanese manga that got kind of consumed into a lot of Japanese uh, games, such as visual novels, RPGs, etc., to to do it. But now we see, like, again, the Shantae games use it a lot. And Shantae is very heavily anime inspired, but is, is also clearly a Western-developed property. This is the
2: kind of thing that, that seems effortless in games, but actually requires, like, a lot of discussion because, you know, I think for our game, it's especially important because like we've got this comic history and we want to tie back into it um, in, in reasonable ways. And I want to make sure that like if we do go with uh, one mode of expression of story over another, we're not like people aren't going to be like, wow, the you know, you totally like ditched the idea that this was a comic except putting like a nice filter over it or something. Like, I don't want to read
1: that review. I think the very specific um, tropey stuff we might want to stay away from, like the like the sweat, um, uh, the sweat drop. I don't even one hundred percent understand what that's supposed to represent. Um, but uh, I was also saying uh, maybe we have Flip do it, and the other characters be confused about it. Yeah. So I and
0: I think that is very hyper specific to to a style um and i don't see any reason why we would want to do that uh some things such as the character portrait changing color like um again like like turning up like a red to to indicate anger or um or kind of like a darker color to indicate like feeling sad or down those are the kinds of things that yeah i think that they originated from a specific area but i also think that that is a Useful storytelling tool, and sometimes, like just regardless of where things came from, they work. So, I think that while there are certain things that we're we're definitely not going to do, like say, Ie the sweat drop, I do wonder if there are ways that we can take these, like again, what I would call very good storytelling. uh tool or technique for this style and kind of adapt it to something that would make more sense for the period or for windsor's mckay comic and that can be you know a longer discussion there to figure out what those things are
2: well it's funny because windsor mckay comics so windsor mckay did a lot through body language um so that might be an avenue to think about is like focusing on the body language of the characters in those portraits Um, Because we've already said that we want to do maybe a waist or knee high. Um, Because, like, if Nemo, the one time Nemo got really, like, I mean, that's not to say the only time, but um, I think I just kind of, like, zone out of the certain eras of the comic because they're (laughs) uh, um, looking at you, uh, Hearst Paper. Um, But... McKay used body language a lot more, I think, to denote his character's expressions. Like the one time that Nemo actually wants to like slug, flip, um, and they they almost get into a fight. Like he is, he is in a you know almost like fighting stance. Um, round one, uh, but actually the the layout of the panels in that would actually be a really nice fighting game. Um, Layout, but you know the characters almost never emote. That's that's I think the the thing we're going to need to balance, and we we're already kind of running into that with our with our sprites. Like I think the the versions of Nemo and friends that we have show way more emotion than any of the characters in the comic ever do. Um, but I think you know anything we try to do with that, it's you almost have to be like, what can we integrate that's more modern? And obviously, I think facial expressions is a pretty easy one. But I also think it's like, what is the bridge too far? Yeah, I was gonna just to say, Nemo doesn't
1: almost doesn't have like a mouth, or right. like he he almost doesn't have a way to make expressions. We just does little dots and everything. So, so
2: like Nemo, Nemo has two expressions. He has. You staring wanted? blankly forward and screaming.
0: And it makes sense that a, a lot of it would be in the body pose, especially for something uh for like early experiments with with sequential comics um or sequential art I should say. But um and like the only way I can think to to really translate that in like character portraits and uh in during dialogue is more character portraits. But again, like a lot of the reasons why the the more um manga e tropes exist in the first place was to prevent them from having to draw more portraits portraits don't really bother me
2: i think that's i think that's the thing is like I, i'm not really bothered by the portraits you mean uh like drawing them yeah because like like i only really need you know they're not animated so they're easy <laughs> i mean maybe that's just weird but like you know I I think that's where I am with it, is like, oh, hey, I only have to draw this character doing this pose once?
1: Great. Yeah, and the secondary characters are likely only going to have a single portrait. Like, it's probably only the primary characters that need, you know, multiple emotions. And they probably have, what, five emotions?
0: Well, again, like, the question here is, um, do we want effects to, you know, be able to get a lot more out of that five, or do we want to do potentially more than five, or do, like, one-off things for particular moments? But, which is kind of what I was trying to say, is that, like, you know, the reason why they have these, uh, these effects are so you don't have to extend beyond, like, the five standard, you know, emotion poses. You can get a lot more out of those five. I, I mean, I'm,
2: at at this point with the drawing, I think we are so, like I said, we have crossed that bridge of, like, what's, what's more still images? Like, that's kind of where I am in my headspace, is like, yeah, sure, it, it's, it's like a thing to sit down and do, but like, man, what, what, those sound easy, comparatively, Um. So, you know, I that's where I am. I'm like, you know, let's let's just look at the story, and then we can be like, you know, I mean, we can go through the script and even be like, all right, here Nemo should have this expression, Mm -hmm. and then I can just like draw up a portrait of him. Because that's the other thing about these characters is that, um, they're all pretty simple. Like Nemo is is a very fast character to draw. Um the princess is a pretty fast character to draw. And that's because they are designed um with an eye on animation. And it's not like, you know, they're So here again, here's a here's a bit of um animation like
1: animation ah. history lesson?
2: What? <laughs> is this is this
1: animation history lesson time?
2: Well, it's it's. I wouldn't even say it's animation history lesson time. It's just like animation lesson time, where mm-hmm. like look at a lot of American derived animation and look at a lot of um, especially Japanese style animation, and you have two very different almost um, priority systems there. So if you watch like a, you know a Disney movie, like a hand animated Disney movie you're going to look at a lot of the characters and if you really look at those characters you might think wow those are very simple um especially if you are you know watching a lot of especially like 90s 80s 90s 2000s like anime um that's where you get like very elaborate characters yeah and and um the reason for that is that like TV and and obviously there are like exceptions to these rules. Like I'm not saying that there are not exceptions to these rules, um, you know. But you have, for the most part, uh, the characters in some of those those uh, anime cartoons uh, don't move as much, or they are working with very limited animation budgets, so <clears throat> they they. The animation is like a lot less, but that's why they can be illustrative because you're then putting really a lot of your work into like, you know, just making a cool looking character. So it's almost like more illustration than animation in some situations, whereas, you know, if you look at those, um, especially mid-century Disney movies, Like the characters are very simple, but they are always moving and they're always moving very fluidly because you just had to like draw and draw and draw and draw and draw. And And if you make, I don't know, like Sleeping Beauty as elaborate as a Gundam, (laughs) you know, um, that doesn't work. So that's why, you know, like Nemo, he's kind of perfect for this because he's a kid in pajamas. So you can just draw and draw and draw and draw and, you know, it's super simple. That's not to say that it's fast to do animation, um, but, you know, it's easier to do all that animation.
0: Right, and here we're not talking about fully animated things. We're talking about, like, still portraits to just kind of showcase, like, a feeling for that particular line of dialogue.
2: Oh, yeah, and, but I the reason I mention it is because, because they are designed for that, then it's like, oh, can you draw more... Portraits of this
0: character, yeah. Yeah, like one really good keyframe, yep. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah
1: basically... Winsor McCain knew how many times he had to draw Gertie. So, that's... Gertie is really simple.
2: Gertie's an outline. Yeah. Gertie's a contour line, yeah. Um, and, it, you know, it's funny, like, when... When I drew Gertie one-to-one, the one time everybody was like, this doesn't really fit, and you're like, oh, shoot, it doesn't, because... He was only doing contours, and everything he did in Nemo, again, g- great point. Um, everything in Nemo is done in this like um, etched style, like Gustave Doré, almost like etching style, because he didn't have to animate that. So, mm-hmm. of course, we do. So, <laughs> I'm uh, playing with animating hatching. So. Nah.
1: But also, you know, like I I think like Nemo is designed, like the character and all the characters in that world. The backgrounds are more elaborate, but the characters are designed for they have to be drawn consistently over, you know, many, 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 many drawings. So they're deliberately simple is kind of Well, and that also
2: that also makes a ton of sense in terms of practicality and time management, if you look at the fact that he is not just drawing a Nemo a week, he's drawing daily rarebit fiends and political cartoons and however many other strips he's doing at the time, Pilgrim's Progress and all these other one-offs, right? So like, and, you know, at times like working on animated films for his vaudeville act. So like the man was a, like infamous workaholic um so making simple characters makes a lot of sense and like if you do look at you know Mr. Bunyan or any of the night uh I almost said nightmare fiends rarebit fiend characters um they are they're super simple like the the art style the art style is the same cuz it's Windsor McKay but it's also very different in terms of how much like elaboration he has in that versus a Nemo. Or even, like, the political
1: cartoons. So I'm just thinking of this from, like, a technical point of view, too. Like, what needs to happen to, like, show overlays and effects? And uh, how expressive, like, a scripting language needs to be able to combine those things. I'd prefer if we don't do them, though. But that's just me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: well again if we um end up going with a third party thing like like a fungus um i know fungus already has that built in it's it's pretty easy again from the from from the scripting languages perspective from the user perspective it's pretty easy to to do things that all happen on like one like happen at one time right still gotta integrate
1: it (laughs) still gotta integrate it
2: but yeah, I mean, my my thought is that if we... I can... You know, when we really get into more full production on this,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and, and if we're at that stage and, like, and it's the next thing on the checklist, I can do that. Uh, but I can, like, do kind of a survey of a bunch of the old comics and see what they do. My, um... You know, my sense is that he mainly used body language and then like expressions at certain times um even like flip flip
1: like does not emote he's got his hands in his pockets 100% of the time doesn't he uh almost 100% of the time yeah like hands in his pockets even
2: when he's like super like ticked off at something he just has like The poker face like the flip poker face um so yeah i think that's i can take a look though because there are times where like you know they are sweating but they the the sweat that he draws does not translate into like anime it's
1: it's like it's like the little dots all over the place isn't it like above their head or something i'm trying Mm -hmm. to picture what it looked like and it oh windsor mckay yeah, Windsor McKay, and it didn't really come across as sweating even
2: uh no, I, I think uh my memory of it is that it actually just looked like you just dumped a bucket of water on yeah! their head. <laughs> but, but the water formed into like cartoonish cartoonishly large sweat beads, like okay. teardropy sweat beads.
1: yeah. Cool
0: and like and and also usually when that was happening if it was indicated that it was you know sweat as opposed to being dunked in water or whatever there would be an accompanying you know motion quote unquote with it where the character looks like they're do, you know lifting something heavy or you know doing something to indicate you know why they would be so soaked right
1: yeah. we 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 got to be careful to make sure that it reads appropriately like to a modern audience, though, too.
2: Yeah, well, and and the other thing... Right, this is, like, the balance we have to do. We have to take, like, iconography that people are not um, familiar with from a bygone era, from when they didn't even have the iconography of the medium worked out, um, and then... Adapted to this era where we have this very, like, clear visual language that is used by a lot of things, but which would, like, probably totally undermine the sense of, like, what's going on. Yeah, because here, like, anytime, anytime, like, the princess is sad,
1: mm-hmm.
2: she puts her head in her hands
1: mm-hmm.
2: and just, like, begins weeping. <laughs>
1: um,
2: and... Like that is again. It's like body language
1: mm-hmm. version. I want to just have Flip break all these, though. I want to have Flip use emojis. Right, like I, I, Flip is our way to
2: be anachronistic. Like I don't. I think Nemo, um, like our, like we've talked about in the past.
1: The primary uh, characters are stu- or Nemo and Princess and era of their time
2: no I think I think uh, she said like Nemo is of his time uh-huh. everybody else is is aware of like it is not previous era anymore and then you know Flip is kind of our, our source of like anachronism
1: yeah but He's I think like, uh yeah I think the first uh step is to probably get some drafts of um uh, kind of uh, uh cutscene moments and start seeing what we need for this to get it to read
2: well that was that was the nice thing about the mosquito farm too is I think it's like this microcosm of everything mhm yeah. So I'm going through a bunch of these Nemo's, and it really is all body language.
1: Can we now? How close are our Nemo illustrations to what is in the comic? Because I mean, I hate to say, but can we just uh, take kinda, the comic? Yeah, just kind of cut out Nemo. Not,
2: you can tell.
0: Okay. Yeah. and, well, and even beyond that like i would say and 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 i'm sure chris can add more to this than i can but i was going to say that like nemo definitely like the the style of uh, Windsor McKay's style definitely does evolve over the com- over the periods of the comic especially from those like early first year comics
2: right like nemo i think he's i think mckay becomes um better at expression throughout mm-hmm. Uh, early on he's kind of stilted like he just only really works in extremes where it's like Nemo is enjoying himself oh now he's screaming in abject terror um whereas I think like that's not to say Nemo is more nuanced he still only has a few but his like way of showing emotion with his body is very different I think the other reason that we don't want to just cut out is that we've taken great pains to make Flip not affect like maintain yeah. the coloring but not make him um, as much of like a racial caricature but you know like if we were pulling from McKay that's kind of all gone that's true yeah. oh and then you and know p and doesn't exist oh <laughs> yeah
1: <right? laughs> plus you
2: know, the princess I, is very. our princess is very different and like yeah. kind of on purpose
1: yeah I, you know, I, of, like definitely I, I keep forgetting that peony doesn't exist like <laughs> to
2: be fair <laughs> yeah no i mean that that is um that is kind of funny like i think it would be really i remember as a kid like there might be a, a adaptation of something i liked and then thinking like oh man this is really cool except i wish it had this like mm-hmm. you know the ninja turtles movie it's like man this is really cool but i wish it had the technodrome now now, obviously, that I know more about the Ninja Turtles, I appreciate the movie for what it was, because it's the original comic blended with the mood of the cartoon. But, um, you know, I as a kid, I was like, man, I wish there would be a movie where there was crying. Um, So I hopefully we do that for a kid, where we say, like, oh, man, I like this version, but I wish
0: it had peony. That would be great. You've been listening to the Little Nemo and the Nightmare Fiends Brainstorming Podcast. If there's a part of the game or game development that you've always been curious about and want to hear us talk about on the show, please let us know. You can either leave a comment on the Kickstarter page or tell us on the backer-exclusive Discord server. And of course, if you like this podcast, let us know that too. We enjoy recording these each week, and we want to know that you're enjoying it as well. That's all for now. We'll see you next time.